Hello, and thank you for joining us for How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where we fill in the gaps in each other's cinematic knowledge by asking important questions like, you seriously haven't seen The Ice Storm, or... You really never saw The Ward, or... How Have You Not Seen Black Christmas? again and thank you for joining us for how have you not seen a very special christmas episode ho 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 i am your co-host caroline thompson i'm carson betts and this is how have you not seen a movie podcast for each week we pick one of our favorite movies the other hasn't seen talk about it then we go and watch the movie and we talk about it some more it's gonna be a real good time carson yeah merry christmas i love uh, you so much thank you i love I you am too so sorry oh i am so sorry oh okay <laughs> Just we're doing another horror film. Well, you know, I mean, I'm interested in, yeah, that's okay. That's fine. Okay. It's okay. Okay. Yeah. I just know that finally after, after this past year, you're kind of like, you know, I, I'm, I'm comfortable not being a, uh, I was going to say a Christmas boy, yeah. um, <laughs> a horror boy. And I was like, oh no, I was like, we still have one more season. I'm so sorry. I was uh, pushing really hard for us to do a Christmas story Christmas now on HBO Max. Um, Caroline <laughs> refused. Yes, we can watch that. You can come, you can come on over and nah, I can have my, you all over at my apartment and we can throw it on and drink eggnog. I mean, I appreciate that. My mom's already uh, kind of, locked me up to watch a Christmas story Christmas, unfortunately. So we'll have to do something else. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, we all know it's a we horror movie. We all know. You're Carson Betts. I am. It's just, a, it's just a, a bit at this point, I, but Carson, I'll, I'll say this. Have you not I, didn't, seen Black I didn't fucking know this movie was a thing until you mentioned it an episode, like a couple of months ago. Yeah. I've never That's heard crazy. of this. I mean, I, well, I mean, like I'm not as, it, it, you know, attuned to, the history of horror cinema as you are clearly, but this is like a, I'm just skipping ahead, but like, this is a proto slasher. This is yes. influential to Carpenter hugely. Yes. My assumption is that it takes place during Christmas and there that is, is a killer. Um, and other than that, I don't know. Excellent. Can you Can name you. any actor in this film? Uh, no. Do you want me to tell you the actor yes. that's going to excite you, or do you want it to be a surprise? I want it to be a surprise. Okay. 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 Great. Because um, there is somebody who I know you're going to love. Okay. Um, but uh, that having been said, do you know anything else about Black Christmas? Is some? I'm going to make a guess. Does somebody's body get put into a snowman like in the movie The Snowman? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Okay, that'd be pretty cool. Unfortunately, no. Well, then... That having been said, are you ready to go into our little game? Yes, I am ready. Great. Um, that that. Feel those sleigh bells ringling, ding, ding, dingling too. Bop, bop, bop. So for our little game this week, we are going to be playing Rotten Tomatoes Prices Right. Cool. And uh, as always, you know, if this is your first time joining us, Rotten Tomatoes Prices Right, exactly how it sounds. It is. Uh, I, I have selected three films, and Carson and I are going to try to guess the tomato meter score. Close without going over wins each film, and we are going to go best two out of three. So, Carson, are you ready? I'm so ready. First film, as always, is the film we are talking about this week on the show. This week, that would be Black 
Christmas. I'm gonna 1974's Black Christmas. I may be going low, but I'm gonna say 80 to be safe. Okay. Okay. I could literally see this being anywhere above 60. Yeah. Um, I personally think this is a great movie. I think that especially knowing that it came before Halloween and also just like before the slasher genre was really codified. Um, like this gets so much, so much juice um out of like what is a fairly original premise. Um, so that having been said, it's a lower budget film. Uh it's you know, it's uh yeah, so I am going to go ahead and just say, I'm going to go ahead and say 75. I think it should be above there, but I'm not convinced Damn. that it is. All right, 75. The next film we are going to be talking about is Black Christmas from 2006. They did a remake? They sure did. Fuck. Um, Stylized as Black Xmas mm. for 2006, but it is trendy. Fuck but if it. you, it, the Wikipedia article is... Black Christmas 2006 film, and then it says in parentheses, "Silence is Black Xmas." The the audience can't see it, but I just rolled my eyes so hard they nearly popped out of my head. Um, fucking probably bad, right? Like forty. I think that's a really good guess. I'm gonna say forty. Um, this is one of those films, like a lot of the, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of the um, 2000s horror remakes. Mm-hmm. You got your this your Halloween, your yep. House of Wax. Yep. Like, a lot of them are getting reclaimed. Texas Chainsaw lot- Massacre, Hills Have Eyes, fucking all that yeah, shit. Yeah. A lot of people are coming out of the woodwork and defending some of these 2000s remakes. And I have heard some pretty impassioned defenses of the 2006 Black Christmas. However, uh, I remember at the time it getting pretty bad reviews. Um, mm-hmm. This is when I kind of first started paying attention to like horror movies as they were released. Yeah. Um, and not seeing them because I was a little too young, but taking stock and being like, oh, that looks really scary. And like reading online if movies are good or bad. I'm going to go a little bit lower. I'm going to say 30% for 2006 is Black Christmas. Okay. For our final film, Black Christmas. No, come on. From 2019. <laughs> oh, fuck. So has been remade twice. Is Jack Quaid in this one? Is Jack Quaid in this one? No. I don't know. I don't, is he? I'm I don't on. think so. Maybe. Um, I'm on it right now. It is. No, I don't see Jack Quaid. I haven't actually seen either of the remakes. That but... motherfucker. I've I decided I want Quaid. this podcast. Go God. on, sorry. I I've just saying... decided I want this podcast to beef with Jack Quaid. That's okay. that's I my like new Jack Quaid. That's my but... new. And me too. But we're fighting. So okay. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck that guy. I'm really. I really love him in Scream Five, though. Yeah, but we're fighting. <laughs> too bad. All right. Fair enough. I've drawn a line in the sand, Corey. You're either with us or against us. <laughs> um. I. Th- it's probably even worse, right? It's probably even worse. Fucking. 20, 20%. I'm reducing it in I've just reduced my answer in half every time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I truly have Diminishing no idea. returns. Truly have no idea. I'm gonna go a little bit higher. I'm gonna see what did you say? I said 20. 20 percent. Okay. I will go as high as 27. It's my final offer. Take it or okay. leave it. I'll okay. I'll give you a seven percent margin of error. All right, listeners. I've said this before. Oh, god damn it. This is the most chaotic. This is maybe the most chaotic game of uh, Rotten Tomatoes prices, right? That we've ever did. We okay. Through. Don't don't tell me anything more than this. But did both of us bust on all three films? Uh, not quite. Okay. okay. <laughs> both, quite. Of you, both of you busted on two out of the three. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> amazing! Fuck. All right. Amazing. Um. Oof. Well, that having been said, Carson, are you ready to go watch the original 1974 and good Black Christmas? I am so ready. Hell yeah. Let's do it. 
Ho, We're back. Ho, ho. <laughs> <Yeah>. Merry <laughs> Christmas. I couldn't think of a thing, a word that happened. Well, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll say the only dialogue from this movie that immediately came to mind was to just kind of get real close to the mic and start making weird noises. Yeah, which, which um, I, I wasn't going to subject anyone to. No, yeah, yeah you should not do that. Such a foul energy to start this podcast with. Uh, so, Carson. Yes. You just watched Black Christmas. I did, yeah. But it, we, we've got a little it's game good. to get back it's, to, but give me your thoughts. It's, I mean, no, it's like so good. It's, I clearly you, you've said this multiple times now, but it is the the proto slasher of it all like how everything in it is like like the slasher genre has not totally clicked into place but it is all heading in that direction is really fascinating um but yeah really creepy really funny there's some parts where really i was like funny. oh really funny where i was like oh shit we just skipped 30 years we went straight to straight to scream you know like um margot kidder is i mean an perfect. icon she's yes yeah yeah in every way and just uh, so great because, like, I mean, compa- can, can contrast this role with Lois Lane, and it's like, yes, uh, the the it, insane, insane. It's the same there are, person giving these two performances. I, I was I was thinking about this because there are similarities. Like Lois also has the kind of st- like the steeliness and like the rough edge, yeah. but she is so much more in control of herself and so much more, you know, conservative is the wrong word, but not a drunk, you know. Yes, yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not a drunk college kid. Yeah. Um, well, we will get into all of that here in a minute, but before we, before we do, we've got a a little game to get back to. Absolutely. So, uh, we played Rotten Tomatoes, The Price is Right. Um, the three films that we did were Black Christmas, Black Christmas, and Black Christmas. And so the first one, let's just jump into this. The first one is the 1974 Black Christmas, which we just watched. I said 75. Carson, you said 80. The, oh, wow, we both went over. It is a 71. It's really weird because I feel like the people who would take the time to watch or review this movie would probably appreciate it. Yeah, that seems very low to me, and I'm actually going to fight it. Let's see. I'm going to pull it up on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Um, okay, it only has 35 reviews, which is like wild to me that it not a that. lot. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, even even if like I do think that this is I don't think that this is like a a deep cut of a movie. Like I don't think it's a film that like people like like haven't heard of, and I don't think it's like an unknown gem. But like it is the kind of movie that like you kind of have to you have to be at least mildly into like, yeah, I think I like movies as like a personality trait before somebody's like, hey, you should watch Black Christmas. But like, Mm -hmm. I feel like this is a very low hanging fruit in that echelon of films. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So it's weird to me that it only has 35 reviews, but the critics consensus is the rare slasher with enough intelligence to wind up the tension between bloody outbursts. Black Christmas offers fiendishly enjoyable holiday viewing for genre fans, which I think is fair. Um, Yeah. I think, and and this is just the Rotten Tomatoes, like, editorializing. I feel like the four genre fans is maybe, is maybe a little backhanded. Yeah. I think it's a little bit better than a film for genre fans, but whatever. Wow, that's crazy. Anytime mainstream film criticism starts talking about genre, you know, there's usually a, uh, there's a bit of insult going on there, I think. Yeah, it it is a very backhanded compliment to be like, oh yeah, this film is good and it's smart (laughs) and it does this for a genre genre movie. movie. Fucking, yeah. It's like, fuck off, like get out of here. Like, also, 
Hot take. All movies are genre movies. Every movie yeah. has a genre. <laughs> and and I know true. what they mean. I know what they yeah, mean. But yeah, also, yeah. like, fucking... You think you think Oscar bait is not a genre because bitch? Oh, is, it oh, it's my least is. favorite genre. Do you think? Do you think twee indie like uh like you know like dramedy uh, is not a genre because it is? Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's Black Christmas, nineteen seventy four. The Black Christmas of two thousand and six. I said uh it would be a thirty percent. Carson, you said it would be a forty percent. Whoa. Ooh. So- <laughs> Two films in a row, we both busted. Holy shit. Whoa, okay. It's a 14. Oh my God. So I'm um, very bad. I will say I'm looking at the poster for this movie right now. You know the tagline? This year, Christmas is scary. No, I don't know. What? You actually got the like the sentence structure completely correct. It's this holiday season, the sleigh ride begins. Oh, but, but let me guess. It's spelled S L A Y. Fuck yeah. off. God damn. Which it. like is, I think, a great tagline from a movie that's probably a lot stupider than the original Black Christmas. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, um, that having been said, the next one, um, is Black Christmas from 2019, and we both lowered our scores, thinking that they must it must be diminishing returns. So I said a 27. You said a 20. And I have clinched the win this week with 39%. So I said 27 and it is a 39%, which I have not seen either of the remakes. And I've actually heard a bit, a a very small amount of reclamation over the 2006 one being like, and and more of like, oh, because like there's a big kind of boom right now with reclaiming some of the um the, like the early aughts remakes yeah, yeah like yeah like with like house of wax and um like uh that like texas chainsaw massacre like i, I there there has been you know people who grew up with those movies and grew up watching the trash and are like wait but like that's my trash like i kind of like it and it's actually kind of good um yeah. i have heard some reclamation of that one but i haven't seen either of the remakes that having been said this like aggressively feels like a film that doesn't need remade yeah 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 like i feel like so much of my enjoyment of this film is like, oh my God, this film is like really ahead of its time. It's really ahead of its time. And it's got, it's just on a really particular energy. Like it's got such a, such a kind of singular, singular tone, you know? And like, I'm looking at the, I'm looking now, I'm looking at the poster for the 2019 one. And first off, this poster sucks. It's like gray and color. Look at this. Yeah. Look at this. You take the Merry Christmas out of this and you think this is like, I don't know, some new comedy on HBO. Like, this looks stupid. Yeah, that looks like, I mean, yeah, it looks like, it looks like uh, Black Christmas ex-girls. Like, oh, oh, that's kind of what I was thinking of, is that like, you do this now and I do think that the inclination is just to turn it into girls. It's just, you know, like, well, what if we, you know... Yeah, kind of focus on yeah and, or like let's focus on i don't know i think about how just thinking about the halloween remakes of you know comedy directors doing remakes of uh of classic slashers it's like yeah you just take all the women and you kind of give them quirkier personality traits and make them all more like capital f funny and yeah. uh that would be stupid that'd be a totally different movie you know yeah, because like, I mean, I feel like I feel like if you watch this film and you're like, wow, that film rules. I love it. Mm-hmm. Like it's so ahead of its time. It's so like it, it's really it's it's really like simple yet very smart. Like it, yeah. it it's not too smart for its own good. It's just a very smart, like smartly written, well-constructed 
movie that like the sum of its parts equals something that's like actually pretty, pretty astounding for 1974. I feel like if you watch this movie and your inclination is, okay, we should remake that. Yeah. It's like, it's like not taking the right things from the film, buddy. Like, yeah, yeah. That's that's my take on it anyway. Especially um, given like other slasher movies, there is a, and it's the thing I'm looking at right now on the, that I, I said, I was like, oh, I gotta wait to say this until we're on the podcast. But like the other slasher movies, one of the things about remaking them that is potentially interesting is like, well, you do at least have this central iconic figure. You can keep the killer and kind of change everything around it. You yes, know, Aesthetically, yes. you can do like, Friday the 13th makes sense, or uh, Friday the 13th to some extent, but I meant more uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, two movie names that I mix up on this podcast all the time. But uh, Nightmare, it makes sense that you'd remake that because you just keep Freddy, let Freddy do Freddy shit, and then just change the situation around him. And right. that's a movie, you know? Like, that makes sense. To that end, one of the things that is both makes this not entirely a member of the slasher genre, but also one of the things that is very interesting and unique about this movie is that there is no central killer. The killer is not really a character. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the final thing. And to that end, I guess the remake, okay, I'm looking at the the Wikipedia page for the killer, for Black Christmas, a character who in the sequel is called Billy. That is the name of that character. Yes. Yeah. Um, in the remake, in like the 06 remake, I guess, there's a young Billy. Billy's got a whole cast that is a family. So it's full on just Rob Zombie Halloween remake. Yes. What if, what is the, what is the, you know, like, why is the killer like this? Like, what's the, you know, what happened to him to fuck him up like this? Which is right. so not what Black Christmas is about. Right. It's well, about the and, opposite. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and I mean, two very good points there that I want to hit on is you and I recently watched the the Rob Zombie Halloween together and it was that thing where it's like we got like seven minutes in and we're like no like don't yeah. show me young Michael like I don't yeah. care like the whole point of Halloween is it doesn't matter who this motherfucker is like yeah. the whole point is that like he was like spawned in the suburbs and like this can happen anywhere and like our society mm-hmm. like makes it so like this can happen anywhere and like it's it's unimportant who Michael is. And we got like seven minutes in and we're like, God, fuck, this is going to suck. And then we get 45 minutes in and we're still just focused on Michael. And you mm-hmm. and I were both like, is this working like really well? Like, yeah. Are we into this? And then it yeah. goes away from that. And we're like, ah, the first half of this movie was way better than yeah. the second half of this movie. And so it's like, it is a thing you can do. It is a thing that can be done. However, I do feel like, and Halloween is a really good thing to be talking about with this because I feel like Black Christmas, like you watch Black Christmas, it's 1974. And you say like, where do we go with this? Now that this is like in the water, now that this is like, like we, like I am watching this movie and now I want to make a movie about like, like a horror movie about like a realistic horror movie where people are getting like murdered and whatnot, like a serial killer. It's kind of like, because your point about there is no slasher in this really, it's very important because it is a film about like the violence. It is Mm -hmm. a film about like the terror that befalls these people, not like, you know, it's not about a guy is going around and murdering people. It's these girls are all getting murdered. And like, it's a very, that line is very, the line between those things is faint but it's extremely important yeah and that's kind of the thing with like you're sitting there watching this in 74 and you go okay where do we go with this and you either lean into like we make a sequel and we girl boss it and it's like 
like and we and we ratchet all of that up or you get Halloween and you say, OK, let's strip the let's strip like the let's strip it down. Let's make it grittier. Let's make it like even simpler and even leaner and like get rid of the Christmas stuff, get rid of all the humor, get rid of all of this. And it is just like like you strip that down and it's just more about like like you make this even more every day. Yeah. And that is a great direction to go. And that's how you get John Carpenter's Halloween. Yeah. And so the 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 impulse to remake this movie, like you can add anything that's going to make it better is a bad one to me. Because yeah, that's the really... thing is if I think, if I think, okay, they give me $50 million and they say, you have to remake Black Christmas. What do I do? I like very capital R, remake Black Christmas. You just make it again. Yeah, you do a shot for shit. You do a you do a ninety psycho. You do a shot. Oh my for god! Shot remake. Have you Vince ever seen Vaughn. that? By the way, no, I've heard it's fascinating though. I've it heard is. It's, yeah, it's it's it is a it is a feat of technical filmmaking, but it is really weird that it exists. Cast Vince Vaughn in the Margot Kidder role and just do with a the bangs. Shot for sh- with the bangs, yeah. Do a shot for shot remake. With Vince Vaughn, yeah, it's it's well because the the effect of not not having I and and, and I, I think this movie is ahead of its time. Also, maybe maybe not even because this movie comes out in the midst of second wave feminism, you know, like. But it does feel ahead of its time in terms of it feeling very modern because it does feel it, it feels to me like it is about you know being a woman in society. It's about the kind of the fear that one can experience at the drop of a hat, the kind of lack of safety in many social situations. Because, look, I mean, the the parallel track narrative that's happening in this movie is like all the women are kind of, um, they're, they're being persecuted or they're being kind of um, made to feel unsafe by the men in their lives. Like that's what's yes. happening at every turn. And the fact that you don't see the killer, that not only does he not have like a, you know, a, an, a, I mean, empathetic would not be the right word, but like a, a reason for doing this that you can kind of cast your mind onto. He doesn't have a story. Dude doesn't even have a face. It just centers the women. It's just about like, this isn't a person that's attacking them. It's just the, an avatar for like the ideal of male aggression, you know? Whereas 100%. Halloween... Halloween is not about that as much as it is about it's about the suburbs and it's about the, you know, perceived uh, perceived safety of people in that situation. And so we are, we're going to keep the killer faceless. You never see his face. He's still not really a person, but he is in some ways at least a product of the suburbs. You know, like that's the that's the trick of Michael Myers that you were talking about earlier. Yes. And yeah, the, the two differences are, you know, they elucidate some things. Yeah. No. And I mean, like I. I, th- I think you're very correct about um, about that um, and about like what the film is going for, which is like really I mean, like you're right. Like it, it is. I don't know. I do think that like it is very easy to be like, well, the 70s, everybody sucked and like everybody hated women and everything was terrible all the time. But it's like, no, yeah. like these movements were happening then. And like there were yeah, people yeah. who thought these things. But it is really easy to be like, can you like I find myself doing this like just thinking about film history, it's like, can you believe they made this movie back then? And it's like, it's like, it was revolutionary, but like people were still thinking these things back then. Like it's not like, but it is wild that like, you know, this film is very like, I mean, it is exactly what you're talking about. And like, it, it deals with like, it deals with abortion in a really progressive way. And again, like 
in the 70s like this is like when roe v wade is happening like this is like when all of the stuff is going down so it makes sense that it's in a movie but like it is crazy to me how like on the fucking like nose like all of the arguments about abortion are and it is very clearly like it is very clearly like a young woman who wants to get an abortion is in the right like she is correct she is the film is very much on her side and the guy who's telling her no is clearly the fucking bad guy yeah and it's not like it it, and it isn't a tragedy where like oh like this poor girl like and like yeah this is why we should support abortion guys because like you could be this poor like like wanton soul like her and like then you'd really need one it's like no like we should be fighting for this because like she should just be allowed to to do this yeah and same thing too like i think it's very i think it's I, I it is it is a really masterful thing that this movie does that um i really 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 appreciate is that like the the entire time the film is like giving you every reason to like believe and think and understand that like oh like it could so easily be like the shitty boyfriend yeah like it would yeah. make so much sense yes if it was just like the terrible shitty abusive like like emotionally manipulative boyfriend mm-hmm. if like if she confronts the killer in the basement and she pulls out the ski mask and it's him and it gives the like the dramatic like unmasking reveal shot it would be very very like it would feel like 110 percent correct yeah and it's just not him yeah and it's like, and it's like, it says, it, it it says more about, it says so much more about like our society. Like, you know, we live in a society. This is my joke of vacation arc, et cetera, et cetera, yes, et cetera. Yes, et cetera. Yes. But like, it says so much more about our society that it like, that everybody watching this movie is like, yeah, it's the shitty boyfriend. It's yeah. the shitty boyfriend. It's the shitty boyfriend. <laughs> and then when it's not, you're like, well, okay. You know, shit. like, but like, you could easily believe that this guy would go on a fucking rampage and start killing yeah. all of his girlfriends. Like, you, you absolutely like the jump from A to B is like everyone's like, yeah, it's the boyfriend, In- including like, including the cops that are hunting the guy that they believe yeah. it's. You know, that's you know, in universe they believe it's the shitty boy. You know, that th- there's a moment watching that movie where you know after they find her, she's killed Peter, and then she's taken away, and I'm like, is there gonna? Is it? She wakes up and she's got cuffs on. You know, like she. Yeah. Does the classic movie thing where she goes to move her hand and there's tufts there, you know? But no, because the the movie has made the argument to um, what's his name to Lieutenant Fuller. You know, he easily believes. Oh yeah, this guy's the killer. It makes total sense after all the conversations I've had with this woman. After he goes to the recital hall and sees that he's you know fucking put the stanchion through the piano. Yeah, like yeah, he put it. Yeah, it makes total sense. Like of course this is the guy that did it. And like the the message very clearly is like. Well, yeah, like the fact that basic like baseline, like toxic masculinity can be confused for serial killer behavior says <laughs> something like that's. that's yeah, a exactly. Message like, you know, uh, yeah, it's like it's like we we all know, like, I mean, like this guy is like literally like textbook 101, like, yeah, emotionally abusive, like person that like if you've ever been in that situation or known somebody who's been in that situation like he is textbook 101 and if you've ever just like studied human psychology or like talked you know been like in any sort of position where you are talking to people about relationships like it is 101 very clearly like this is the kind of like behavior to look out for like yeah like 101 
And the fact that we all know somebody like this and we all know somebody who's dated that exact guy yeah. at some point and we're all just like, yes, and he is clearly a serial killer. Like, <laughs> like the fact, I'm thinking about the, I don't remember exactly what the line is, but I, I clocked it. I was like, oh, that's something. At the end when, because uh, the reason he goes to the recital hall is that um, it, Lieutenant What's-His-Fuck, I, I forget the names of all these characters, but, uh, you know, the the cop, the main guy, He's yeah. on the phone, on the phone with Jess, and he and she's like, "Well, usually he's like in his house here, but like when he gets like this, he goes to the recital hall. It's like, wait, he's got like this before, right? Like he right. got as angry at you as he did when you had the conversation about the abortion. Like, I, it's one thing if that's like a wow, I've never seen this guy get this angry. This like hit him in some weird way, but like clearly this is a pattern of behavior. Like this is the thing that happens, you know." And like, yeah, the abortion conversation, it's not a conversation, he's just yelling at her, is like, it is really fucking, I mean, especially right now, it's very prescient, but it's it's just so bullshit. It's so one-sided. It's not even like the guy, it's not even like he comes up and he's like, hey, this is how I feel about this. It's his whole thing is, this is what you should do because I deserve to control you, you know? Yeah. It's not like, here's here's how I feel. I don't want you to do this because I feel this way about you being no, pregnant. And, it's, and, it's fucking all, you know. And the line that I hate, but like, I mean, I, I love it as a piece of yeah. written dialogue because I'm like very good and clever and smart and good. But um, like when she's like, and I'm going to have an abortion and he goes, well, you can't make that decision yet. You haven't yeah. asked oh. me. And oh my God. Also, I, I need to, I do need to point out that Carson, you are recording in a, in a spot in your house that you don't normally record in. And oh, right yeah. behind your head, there is a big sign that says abortionist healthcare, which is, which I know just lives in your window. But yeah. um, you get like that's like that's like like plus like thirteen ally points right there. Um, Hell yeah! But yeah, no, I just uh, I have so much love and admiration for this movie for so much of that stuff that it does, and very very funny because uh, like it 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 speaks to just like okay, what is a director's role in making films because. I do feel like this film was written and like Bob Clark, the director, like gets the script and signs on to do the directing work. And he Mm -hmm. like, you know, he does he does the script and he's like, these are our protagonists. These are our characters. These are the people we're going to care about. So like we're going to even though they're a bit broadly written and a bit archetypical, it's, you know, they're going to be the people we empathize with. Like this is the script I'm shooting. Like these are the people that I'm supposed to empathize with makes a pretty like pretty understandable accessible staunchly quote-unquote feminist film mm-hmm. and then it makes porkies <laughs> that makes so much sense porkies well no that makes so much fucking sense to me though why like, well because like there are parts of this that are so well i was thinking about this the other way i'm like there are bits of this that are like proto halloween and then there are I mean, and this is a exaggeration on both fronts but like this movie does kind of feel like well we start doing an american pie movie and then halfway through it turns into halloween you know yeah like there is an element it, like it it all it, it's got one foot in like ribald sex comedy the whole time you know yes. up until like it shit gets really serious but it's it, it is i agree it's a great bit of direction and it's a great bit of tone control because the fact that you can have those really broad scenes of comedy and then immediately go into the very legitimately scary serial killer shit and, and they don't feel incongruous it just like the ribald sex comedy just makes the serial killer shit hit harder because 
you're just like, oh my God, this was so light and fun and silly. Why did it have to, why did this have to happen? Like for no, you know, it just makes it sadder. Um, But I just mean, I just mean that like, <laughs> the, the, oh, and the then things he does... that the two films like are doing philosophically, yes. I find to be so hysterical that yes. they are made by the same person. Proto feminist slasher to what? Probably the movie in film school that they're like. And now today we learn about the male gaze. Let's yes. let's watch Porky's. <laughs> like like the the most egregious example, other than like maybe like Revenge of the Nerds of yeah. just like, uh, which is like crazy. And then also. And it it just makes so, 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 so much sense visually. He also directs A Christmas Story. Yeah, that I did know. Because well, Christmas so, Story is one of my favorite movies ever. Yes, and it's just, like, it's so funny because, like, like both, like, this feels just like A Christmas Story, like, visually and, like, the way mm-hmm. it's, like, lit and all of that stuff. Um, which, like, I think, obviously, he made this before he makes A Christmas Story. So it's more that A Christmas Story kind of feels like Black Christmas, which I think yeah. is, like, funny. But, like, I do think watching this film nowadays... Um, you know, like he obviously shot the film this way because to Bob Clark, this is what Christmas should look and feel like yeah. on film, which he then does again and like builds upon in A Christmas Story. But like it does. One thing I do love so much about this film is somebody who like A Christmas Story is like my family's Christmas movie. Like that is like the one in my household. Yep. Um, it is that thing where it's like and then watching this, there is just that like there is just that like subconscious, like deep seated, like this is what a Christmas movie looks and feels like. Yeah. And and I know that it's like reverse engineered. You know what I mean? But like but it is just like so, so effective that the way this movie is like shot and lit and like the, just the way this film looks visually is so 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 synonymous with like how we view christmas movies yeah i'm really excited to go home next week and watch christmas story three times over the course of two days yes correct (laughs) (laughs) it bears mentioning one that that movie is iconic and also that we are from ohio which makes it even more required viewing yes yeah yeah i'm sitting in cleveland ohio right now a town where we're like really weird about how a Christmas story was shot here. It's like really odd. Um, yeah, this movie is very good. Uh, I do need a couple of shout outs, obviously. Got yes, a shout please. out. Mrs. McHenry, basically a doing <laughs> yes, like our fucking, idol. I mean, we have no choice but to stand. She, she, a couple of things about her. One, th- she does like fucking, she's doing like Buster Keaton fucking physical comedy bit. She's doing like Mr. Bean shit when she does like the sherry <laughs> stuff. Yes. Like just, it's like, to, like just the looking for bottles all over the place is so funny that I don't remember exactly the line, but it's after she's, I think it's after she's talking to Claire's dad, like the first time and the second time, or, and then she's talking to one of the girls and then she like turns to the, to the mirror and she just says something about how she hates them all. And she's, so serious like she means that she's like these fucking girls getting on my nerves like she's so 110 percent serious about it it's really really funny and it sucks when she dies it's such a good kill but it, like it's like oh yes. it's horrible the hook yeah the hook is oh and the, i mean the the fact that they're still up there at the end which makes me feel like what the fuck they just didn't even look for them but you know yeah they, they never checked the attic but they never I mean, thought why would she be in the attic, attic but like but like they that is smell at that thing. point that's my one yeah. cinema sins is like after that like a couple of days they'd be be stinking a little bit you'd be able yeah. to yeah because well, that's that's like okay like i mean it is that thing where it's like it's like 
if I lose my phone for more than 30 minutes, I'm looking in the freezer for it. Like, yeah. I feel like if your friend was missing for more than 16 hours, you would at least pop your head up into the attic. Well, the, the whole thing. And like, it's, I, I'm not cinema sins yet. I think it works in the context of the movie, but like Claire being gone, nobody notices for like a full day. And like, if I'm sure. Claire's ghost, like hanging out, I'm like, what the fuck guys? Like nobody yeah. thought to well, check on me. Well, she was supposed me. to be going home. She was supposed yeah. to be going home. And it's not yeah. until her dad shows up that, and like, where the fuck is she? She never showed up. Is Yeah. But no, but like, I mean, yes, it is one of those, it is one of those movie things that if you think about it, it's like, they probably should have checked the attic and you're right. They probably would have gotten the smell. But just but. the fact that like, everyone is looking for her. And they're like, where could she be? Where could she be? Where could she be? And they just keep cutting back to like her corpse in the attic is so unnerving and chilling. And I mean, similarly with once the, okay, so is that actually a thing that you could do? Or is that like some CSI, like propaganda exaggeration that the, the fucking dude is tracing the call and he's just running around the different breakers, like trying to find which one is ringing. I feel like. Is that I mean, real? That's, I mean, I it's like, cool yeah. as shit. Yeah, but like in the 70s, I don't know. It's cool as shit. I loved it. I'm I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, I mean, I think that the way they do it may be dramatized for yeah. film and to raise the stakes and to have the moment where like, ah, shit, it didn't work. Fuck, we have to try it again. You have to pick up the phone again. Like, I, yeah. I like the minutia of it probably like has been you know, exaggerated to some degree for film. But I mean, like back in the day when like that shit was all like manual and like actually like, like you had to call a fucking operator and be like, plug my, plug my phone into my friend's phone. You know, like I, I do yeah. feel like it's to at least some degree. But yeah, just like the, and, and I mean, this is like, obviously it started as an urban legend, but the OG, the call was coming from inside the house. Yeah, that was cool. I so thought good. for a second, I thought he was going to use those exact words and I got really excited. But still, it's it's great. Oh, the reveal that is so yeah. fucking cool. Well, and, and it's and it's just one of those great like, you know, it's one of those great things where um, they're just like like they, they are talking about the phone calls coming to like to the house. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, are there any other lines in the house? Like, like, is it just the one? Like, is he always calling this line? And they're like, the whatever. The house mom has has a second line, but it's just it's just the one phone, and nobody's ever called that one. It's yeah. it's always the main line to the house. So like, it lets you know. It lets you know, like, yes, there is another phone line. Like, he could yeah. be calling from inside the house because that's mm-hmm. always the that's always the thing that people always say about that the call is coming from inside the house. Like, when you can't call, like, you can't call a phone number from the same phone number. Like, you can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is always the thing with that urban legend. But so they like get that out of the way, and then they talk about it, and then they use that again as a way to debunk that it's Peter. Mm-hmm. But they're just like, they're just like, well, could it have been Peter? It's like, it's like, oh, like there is another phone in the house. Like it could have been him, but no, it's not. It, it couldn't have been him because he was here when I got the call. So mm-hmm. it couldn't have, it couldn't have been him. And then it, like, it keeps reminding you like there's another phone in the house, but yep. it never tips its hat until then. And the first time I watched this as he was running around, as he was running around and he was just like, and they're trying to trace the call. I'm like, I had forgotten that I knew there was a second phone. And then when they're just like, and then when he's like trying to figure out, I go, oh my God, 
he's in the house. I was like, the call is going to be coming from inside the house because they're having such yeah. trouble tracing where it's coming from. It's going to be because it was from inside so the house. Good. Sure enough. And it's just great. It's great. It's very, it's very clever, very clever, like screenwriting and execution that like it, I mean, it does the classic setup payoff or setup reminder payoff, but like it does it well. Like it doesn't, it doesn't tip you in. It, like it doesn't tip its, like tip its cards to you. Like you don't know that it's going to happen until it happens. Mm, absolutely. Fucking... <sighs> couple more things got to point out john sack's new play is lieutenant fuller that guy has got such an old school face yes the whole time i kept looking just being like man they do not make faces like that anymore no like uh great old movie face fantastic yeah. and, and the dad in nightmare on elm street yeah 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 very cool very cool um i did have a thought and i will uh hurt the curtain slightly to say that Corey is not recording with us for this section session so he can't Put me in horny jail this time. <laughs> but Margot Kidder walks on screen. My first thought is just the word hot in all capital letters <laughs> in my brain. And I it did unlock something for me, which I wonder. I'm like, was her as Lois Lane in Superman like such a proto crush for me that that's like why that's my type? Is that it? Is that the reason? Probably. I mean, Probably. she does dark hair and bangs. So yeah. And she's like kind of steely, like, oh, yeah, probably. Margot Kidder, the original Dakota Johnson. You know, truly, you know, not incorrect. Absolutely. And so funny, the whole fellatio joke is very good. The fact that there's an, ex- and it, it's one of those scenes that feels very porkies, that there's the whole extended scene of the cops all talking about, and the other two are just like, the whole joke is just the other two cops are just like, are you fucking serious? Say it again. And he's like, fellatio. And they're like, do it again. One more time. Say it one more time. And he's like, fellatio. And like, are you really being fucking serious with us that you don't know what that means? And he's just like, I don't know, fellatio. And they're just losing their fucking minds. It's really good. Uh, it's like, there's barely a joke there, but it's just so good. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, good, good movie. Very, very individual, but also highly interesting as a precursor to Halloween, both for all the reasons we've said, and also just like, hmm, wouldn't it be scary if there were some murders on a holiday? Like, that's right. also, you know, yeah. Well, and and, and I mean, like, one of those things that just like, you know, one of those decisions that just like, it's iconic because it became iconic. And if mm-hmm. they just had not made this decision, it wouldn't have been iconic. But just like, so funny to me that like allegedly it is reported that the reason why they set Halloween on Halloween is because this movie took place at Christmas and they're like, no, Incredible. it should be like on a day. Yeah. It was just going to be like a, a serial killer movie. And they're like, well, what if it's on Halloween? Which like fucking brilliant stroke of genius. Like it's so good. And you can imagine like once you get to that place in the room, everybody, you immediately start constructing what comes to Halloween because you're like, oh, well, what if he's wearing a mask? And he can just walk around because it's Halloween. Nobody cares. Everybody's wearing masks. Like, right, right. You know, what if, what if he does like, what if he like, uh, I don't know, pumpkins? Can we do anything with pumpkins? Like, you know, you just start doing right, that. Right, It just, it, 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 it does seep its way into everything. But just like, I mean, so brilliant because now like, because I mean, that's one of also the fact that as noted on this podcast, the movie Halloween rules super hard and oh, it's yeah. amazing. But, oh, like, yeah. but it is one of those things that like, I mean, so much of the staying power of that movie is you watch it every year on Halloween. Yeah. So yeah. like, it's so crazy that they like made this movie and then they're like, yeah, we should set it at a holiday. Like we should yeah. set, we should set our, our, our killer movie on a holiday too. I just imagine if it had been the 4th of July. I mean, that also would have probably really fucking worked. 
That's a that's you can do a, a satirical. It's a little more on the nose, murder movie. But, yeah, yeah, it's. I think that's basically what the Purge franchise is. But you know, yeah. you, you could do that. Um, it also a precursor to basically every Shane Black movie. Every Shane Black movie. Oh my God! Yes. Just you know, just hey, like when stuff happens on Christmas, it hits you a little bit harder because you you know we just as a, a, you know English speaking Americans we have as you were kind of talking about the Christmas story before we have like such a association with Christmas as a thing from which you can derive meaning that like basically any dramatic thing happens and there's Christmas happening in the background and it hits you a little bit harder, you know, yeah. like it's, yeah. 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 It's, uh, I, I, I do love Christmas. I do as well. It's, it's a good one. Yeah. It's a good holiday. I'm excited. I'm excited for it. It's going to be so fun. Um, what else? What else do we have to talk about? Freaking. I mean, Olivia Hussey. Is. Yeah. She's, she's, she's got, a gem. What a voice! Yeah, yeah. Because I was looking. Well, did her you ever up. watch the? Did you ever watch the Zeffirelli Romeo and Juliet when you were in high school? Did they? Is that is that not the one they made That's, you watch? Well, I don't think we did. I think in high school, I think we watched the the Lerman one. Did you go to a cool high school? Honestly, I think we might have in my English class. Not that I'm thinking. I think that's the reason I first saw that one. Because I'm trying to remember if I'd ever seen that. And I cannot. Like, I don't know for sure either way. But I, I mean, I I just, because I looked her up. I'm like, oh my God, like what a voice. And it's that she was born in Buenos Aires, moved to England, studied acting in Italy, and then is acting in American film. And she, like her, her, you know, her, uh, her accent is so so Perfect. worldly it just yes. sounds it sounds like every country a little bit you know well it's it's it it is that shakespearean actor thing yeah almost, of like of like no she's not speaking with a british accent mm-hmm. yeah. she isn't it's just she's so articulate and her resonance is so forward that that's like 85 percent of doing a british accent yeah 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 it's that thing of like why like you know like uh why a lot of newer slash inexperienced chicks like people doing Shakespeare just go into an English accent because like every time I've heard this they're doing an English accent it's like no they're not they, they're almost doing an English accent but they're they're not there is I will not name the person obviously but uh I will I will tell you off mic who it is but in our shared undergrad experience I was uh in a Shakespearean acting class and uh one of the other students in the class every time he did a monologue would do it in a Shakespeare in a in a British accent. And then the professor would say, Hey, yeah, do it, but like drop the accent. Like, don't do that. That's weird. And he would hunt like with a hundred percent honesty be like, I'm not doing an accent. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and he just like didn't know. Yeah. No, I I, I know I, I do remember who you're talking about. Okay, we actually, yeah. We actually we've, talked about, talked about this before. The last yeah. time we were drunk. Not that we're drunk now because it's yeah, early no. in the morning and I'm yeah, it's like, it's, but, like, it's like 1 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, the, the last time we got drunk and talked about Shakespearean acting, you told me that story and I find it's very funny. It's a real doozy. It's really funny. Oh God. Ah, oh, man. Um, yeah. So but she's wonderful. She's, yeah. She's, she's great in this movie. She is, uh, also just very beautiful, but, um, mm. you know, just that, just that thing of like, I, I love how much dignity she plays her role with because kind of like what we were talking about earlier with like the whole bit about abortion like it would have been really easy mm-hmm. it would have been really easy for her to be like to be like oh like i am a um like okay i'm a i'm a young college girl who like is pregnant and wants to have an abortion and like is coming up against these you know 
societal barriers. And then also there's a serial killer like, oh, I should play this role like a helpless like child, basically. Like, yeah, I should play this role like, oh, poor, like poor this girl, like take pity on me. And she doesn't. She plays it like she plays it like a person who is realistically responding to some shitty fucking circumstances but she isn't playing like or a pitiable like take you know like like take pity on me because i am you know so pathetic and like you know and like this is a tragedy that i'm in the scenario mm -hmm. it is a tragedy that people are putting her in that scenario but it's not a tragedy for her it's not like a cautionary tale which she could have really easily done and probably would have like been very accepted at the time and yeah. maybe even still today but like it's, oh, yeah. it's just great that she doesn't do that similarly a great proto final girl in the proto slasher yes yeah yeah absolutely 100 percent um yeah it's all good i don't know freaking i i am i'm so curious about the about the the remakes like why i guess the 2019 one i'm kind of looking at the page and it doesn't even look like a direct as much of a direct remake as the 06 one is like the characters all had different names. The page for Billy specifies that he is not in, not that he's a character really in this one, but like not in the third one. So like who's doing the murders? What's the setup? Like what's the I don't point? know. I don't know. I don't know. Carrie, Carrie Elwes is in it though. That's cool. That's dope. Yeah. Does he play a, a bad cop? Does he play I, a good cop? I don't know. Well, I don't know. Hard to tell. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Um, Carrie. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's a good one. Well, I don't know. What else? I yeah. And I mean, like we, we, we've touched upon it, but like, I do think it needs to be like explicitly remarked upon yeah. of just like, um, I like, it is, I mean, it is great that, that the, the, the ending thing of this film is we don't know who did it. We don't know why they did it. And they're still out there. Yeah. And like, and you final, can get, yeah. you can get some bits in like, hit, like Billy's little muttering, like the name Billy comes from the fact that he like mutters these names and he never says like, I am Billy. Like my name is Billy, yeah. but he does say like, I, I forget what his sister's name is, the name he uses, but just like Billy and so-and-so. And like he, he mutters things. So you can kind of, you can kind of extrapolate like, okay, this is a kid. This is a guy who went through some, who saw some fucked up shit and like did some fucked up shit as a kid. And like, yeah became a serial killer but like also he's a fucking serial killer so this could just be like deranged ravings completely yeah, divorced yeah. from reality yeah and it's just yeah i mean i think that's a really really great not even twist because it isn't a twist but just like a, a really great take for the movie to have yeah especially given that killer final shot literally killer final shot but is like so grim and scary that they're still in the attic and just the pan away and yeah i don't know the mutterings like certainly there is an element of them that reeks of sexual violence like that's there because i think that's in the movie but it's also yeah. just it's so word salad that like i don't really think you're meant to derive much of anything from it you know like it's, right it's yeah like it doesn't feel like it doesn't it, it it doesn't feel like a um a conscious like okay and then like mm -hmm. the, the the super well thought out backstory behind all of this is this and so therefore like actor who is like you know playing the killer I, like therefore play it like this it feels like that shit it, it feels like oh yeah like so this guy's fucking crazy so like say some fucking crazy shit. And then like, you know, the, the it's, 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 it's the thing with all the star Wars stuff, right. Where like, like, it's like, Oh, well, like, um, Boba Fett, like actually like, you know, like actually the reason Boba Fett's like breastplate is like that is because, and it's like, mm -hmm. you know, like they designed a cool fucking character. And then people like, 
made up some shit in like a novel or whatever. And like, mm-hmm. like it wasn't, it was, it was not baked into the pie, but like it, it does, it does like, you know, the, the craziness feels like, okay. And he's a fucking like psychotic serial killer. So like say some crazy yeah. shit, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Just mutter some stuff. The, uh, do, <laughs> you remember, I keep seeing these videos and it was, for some reason, the ones I was sending you, this was a couple of weeks ago on, on Instagram. They keep coming up on my my like Instagram suggested timeline. Is it the but really stupid? Did you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, dude, it's it's this guy, and like I, it's from different accounts. Like I don't know who this is or like what they do or whatever. But like it's this guy that just like has this very peculiar intonation. He's always like, "Did you know that?" In Christopher Nolan's movie Memento, you can see on the back of a wall how there was a a stain. And the stain means that, like, blood, blood, blow, whatever. And, like, you started talking about that. I immediately, like, just imagined so perfectly that guy just playing, like, did you know that in 1974's Black Christmas, the muttering on the phone can be decoded to, like, he says that like this and this and this and therefore like whatever and like it's just a, a I keep seeing those videos and every time I see them I will watch it all the way through I don't know why because they just annoy me like there's yeah, they do nothing but like silly they they scratch my brain in a really weird way where I'm just it's either facts about movies that I'm like that is the most obvious fucking thing in the world and like you don't need someone on social media to tell you this or it's like that's nothing. You're just speculating random nonsense based on, you know, on sound and fury. Like it ain't shit, you know, whatever. Right. Well, like yeah. the one, the one that you sent me that I, that I always think about and laugh uh, at is it's just like, did you know that when they were filming the, the lake scene in Christopher Nolan's Batman Begins, <laughs> that uh, it was towards the end of the season and the ice was beginning to melt. And then the next day after they shot the scene, the pond had like the ice had melted and the pond was water again. And I was like, why would I know that? Like, why would I know that? No, why I would I know that? that? What that doesn't mean anything. Why did you feel the need to tell me? Like that but feels then, like that feels like somebody watched the special features for Batman Begins. And there's an interview where Chris, you know, Chris Nolan goes on about like, well, actually, we had to do it was very interesting. We had to change the script in a few ways because we were going to do some more shots on that on that lake, but we couldn't get there until later in the season. And so it broke. and you're like, oh, that's kind of an interesting set story. And it changed the script. That's interesting. And then it just gets boiled down into, did you know the lake melted? Like, <laughs> it's like presumably that, I that guess, happened yeah. 20 years that, ago. So. That's how seasons work. Yeah, I, I guess it makes sense. <laughs> Well, and then, and then like conversely, like this isn't from that same account, but like conversely, and I don't know, I guess like maybe, you know, maybe it's for like a a wider audience that I shouldn't be so jaded about it. But like, uh, I was on TikTok the other day and IGN, like for some reason came up, um, but it was, it was the, the Barbie teaser. Yeah. And it was a split screen with like the Barbie teaser on top and the 2001 like sequence that it's riffing on, like the Abe sequence on the bottom. And it was like all the shots that Gerwig like copies. Wait, I, I was like, I was okay, like, wait, wait, I, was like I, I don't think anybody needs this explained to them. <laughs> wait, <laughs> I didn't see the Barbie teaser. She's doing a 2001 thing. Oh yeah, no, it's great. Oh, oh I'll send it to you. It's phenomenal. Oh it's phenomenal. God. It's it's the bone. It's the sequence with the bone, but it's baby dolls and the obelisk is Barbie. <laughs> it's this, I'm it's so incredible. excited for the Barbie movie. It's incredible. It's incredible. I'm but it's like, so it's like excited. Exact, it is like exactly recreating shots. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like young girls playing with baby dolls as the um as the apes with their bones and and the obelisk is barbie 
and um and it's just like and they they match up the shots because it's like obviously a teaser so it's yeah it's it is not the full 20 minute ape sequence from 2001 yeah 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 but it's like they put it on top of one another to be like look what she's doing guys like did like kind of like did you know that this is a and it's like like, i don't think that this is a did you know this was a reference i think gerwig is very yeah I, i think everybody is like gerwig's like hey guys I'm going to do a 2001. You know what yeah. that is. Like, I am yeah. this because you know exactly what this is and means. Having not seen it, the thing that is interesting to me about, about that idea is that <laughs> it's not that you would, one would reference 2001 because yes, of course, um, as of, uh, I think they just released uh, this year's Sight and Sound list. As of this year, 2001 is the critics consensus best movie of all time. The thing that, you know, it is a film which has, been referenced and will continue to be referenced until the end of history. Um, it's not interesting that she's doing a reference. It's interesting that she's doing a 2001 reference with fucking Barbies. Right, right. Like, that's the thing from which you should be deriving meaning. Like, I... Uh, yes, okay. it's like, yes. Anyway. I knew the teaser came out, because my, my general thing is I don't watch trailers for movies that I know I'm going to see. You right. know, like I didn't, I didn't watch the Spider Verse teaser because, like, me neither. I'm me gonna, neither. I'm gonna see all of these images. I'm gonna see them in six months when I go opening night to see across the Spider Verse. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't like. Need uh, to we see need them, to make plans for that. Absolutely, we do. <laughs> but like, yeah, fucking, that's okay. I do need to watch that now. That's very, very interesting to me. Yeah, but anyway, <sighs> anyway, freaking, uh, I, I do the Instagram film criticisms I see all the time I do part of me is like this is the lowest form of art like this is the absolute like most vapid way of interacting with the medium and then part of me is also like I don't know some teenagers probably seeing this and it's kind of like and it's blowing the their mind so like yeah. maybe it's so just like, not that's, for me yeah that's good you know like I shouldn't I, I think be such the same a grumpy thing. old man yeah. yeah I think the same exact thing because that I I'm like, I'm like, who needs this spelled out for them, guys? Like, yeah. like, have we have we fallen so far? And then I'm like, you know what? There's probably like a 13 year old out there who's like, not, yeah, I'm like, some 13 like, year old was, girl yeah. is interested in the Barbie movie, and now she's gonna go watch 2001, and that's like, yeah, cool, you know, like, because yeah. that that was my shit is like, you know, like I. Like, you know, somebody got me a book on Chris Nolan when I was like in high school after yeah. like Inception came out. And I was like, like, yeah, wait a minute. Like I'm 15 and like where he's placing the camera means different things. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so, yeah. Like I'm, you know, whatever. Maybe we're just old and jaded. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I'm definitely but, old and jaded. You know, it's not old and jaded. Black Chris. No, it's I, old and still very and vital and interesting. Yeah. And it rips. I guess, yeah. I guess Black Christmas kind of is old and it is kind of jaded, but also yeah. it is very clever and very funny. Yeah. And agreed, I want to watch it again. This is one of those yeah. movies where it's like every time I talk about it, I'm like, fuck, I want to watch that movie. It's a quick watch, too. You can really pump it out. Yeah. And it's on peacock which one is it on i don't know i, I watched it on it. a streaming service i rented it on apple i think i don't know nice mm, nice whatever <sighs> well carson is that black christmas that's black christmas yeah right. merry christmas ho 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 Corey, would you like to tell the nice people where they can find us on the internet? If you like what you hear, please be sure to like us and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. Leaving a review would also really help out the visibility of the show. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at Pod. Follow us on Letterboxd. Uh, our individual accounts, Carson is at Fun Movie Zone. 
Caroline is at CK Cinema, and I am at Corey Reagan. Uh, special thank you to our patrons. If you would like a shout out on the show and bonus content, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash HHYNSPod. Yay. And then Yay. is this? Is that's this the end of the season. Okay. Yeah, end of the season. Yeah. Well, that's Black Christmas, and that is another season of How Have You Not Seen in yeah. the can. So we did it. We are going to be back in a couple of weeks. We're going to yeah. do our scenies here on the main feed. We also have a little special surprise coming for y'all for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to uh, for for our, for our fans as a little gift to y'all. We are actually going to be releasing our December Patreon episode on the main feed, both as a little gift to y'all because it is going to be on a film that Carson and I vocally love on this podcast a lot. Uh, In in defiance, I would say. Yes. yes. Yeah, in defiance of many, many people, yeah. So we are going to be, it's still going to be dropping on Patreon. You can still find it there if you are a patron of ours, but we are going to be putting it on the main feed both as a gift to y'all and also maybe to like encourage you to like say like, yeah. hey, here's what we do over there. Like maybe you want to come check out, maybe give us a little gift over on Patreon. I would say, with- I think our current Patreon series is some of the best stuff we've ever done. I think I, it's really I, good. I agree. I, I, I am very thrilled with what I'm we're doing over on Patreon. Very, very proud of us for, for all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and, and just in time for three solid months of Star Wars. Oh, God. Oh, it's going to be awful. Like, it's going to be great. And you're going to love listening yeah. to it. And you should definitely give us money to listen to it. But it is going to be torturous for me because I have to watch The Rise of Skywalker again. Yeah. For the last time. I've said it many times. For the last time in my okay. life, I think. Okay. But what are the odds, Carson? What are the yeah. odds that we come back and we're like, all right, hindsight 2020, it kind of fucks? I, I don't think so. It's look, anything is possible. And it has been a full three. How long has it been? Three years since I saw it. So maybe in that time, I'll find some new appreciation for it. But also. Right. Well, because I mean, that's the whole thing with the prequels is like prequels came out. I was a child. I loved them. Yeah. I yeah. became a teenager who like learned the quote unquote rules of how movies work. Yeah. And I was like, these movies are bad and I hate them. And then I grew up. And I am like, you know what? These movies are objectively bad, but they're so fucking weird and frustrating and like charming and just like deranged, just absolute madman shit that yeah. I'm kind of, that I like love the prequels. Like I hate, like they, they make me so frustrated and I just can't help but be like, if you just change these things, these would be so good. Like you can change so much about these and it would be yeah. so good. And like, I'm really wondering how long it's going to take for me to get there with Rise of Skywalker. Here's and it may my, never happen. And we're going to talk about this. There's a lot of Muppets in Rise of Skywalker. There's a lot of Muppets in Rise of Skywalker. There are not nearly that many Muppets in the prequels. Here's my take, and what I think my take is going to be when we return to it, and we're going to talk about it a lot. So here's a preview, is that I think, is J.J. Abrams a sort of objectively better filmmaker than George Lucas? Yeah. Is George Lucas a a more compelling artist, you know, on a scale of like 100 times more than J.J. Abrams? Absolutely. Like yes. that dude's so much more weird and interesting than JJ is. As as an artistic experiment in film, the prequels are wildly magical in a way yes. that the JJ Abrams Star Wars are not. However, yes. in a well, guys, I, I I I've seen enough Spielberg movies to know all the boxes I need to check to make a movie. Yeah, the uh, the, uh, the the Abrams ones are 
more quote unquote functional. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway. Yeah, so we're going to be dropping the Matrix Resurrections episode for Christmas. That is the last, uh, the last episode in our Legacy sequel series, kind of, because then we are doing all three Star Wars films. Which are part of, of the Legacy the sequels, sequel series. Yeah. yeah. Which is yeah. like the ultimate Legacy sequel. But we are yeah. pivoting from doing the legacy sequels we love to the ones we kind of, you can't not do if you're doing Talk the legacy sequel yeah. series, but we're yeah. just like, because initially we were just, we, we kind of just wanted to do Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Like, but if we do The Last Jedi, we're going to have to do Force Awakens because if we do, if we do Last Jedi without doing Force Awakens, we're just going to talk about Force Awakens all the time. Yeah. But we don't want to do them together. But then if we do both of them, we have to do Rise of Skywalker. So it's like, fine. Full legacy just, sequel series. Doing them. Yeah. An order of release of those films. And then we're just going to do the Star Wars sequel. And we're just, yeah, we're just going to do them. They're just, we're going to do them and we're going to be done. So this is a long form pitch to join us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash HHYNSPod. As Corey has already told you on this podcast, we would uh, love your support. And uh, thank you guys so much for joining us for another season. Um, ho, ho, ho. Merry Black Christmas. And uh, wishing everybody out there a safe and happy holidays. Yeah, happy holidays. Happy holidays.